Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the PCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coach and get together and have a few laughs. Your hosts will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh, yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. R2 kind of came back. So. Ah, I, although I do kind of miss Godzilla, it's nice and refreshing to have that the old one back. I don't really miss Godzilla. We'll, we'll have to work no. something out. He always hurt my ears. Yeah. I still, I still think we need to get Flint so Rockman loud. back on talking about Aperture Science. So, so just because be cool. science. What if we just have like Matt Hill at the very end go, but they're dozed, and that's and then we start. That could work. Could well, work. Well, I I think we got some name drops from some interviews. Yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway, yeah, like so, five gajillion of them. So we have Ash yeah. Ketchum. Oh yeah. Saying dungeon crawlers, I choose you. Oh, that that yeah. sounds like just starting <laughs> off. Dungeon crawlers, I choose I, you. I, I, and I then think you so. go into the thing. This is. No, I think done. We should, so, I think this is a conversation we should probably be having by like the the, the either the 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 post show or the uh, the the pre show or the the post show uh, meeting and actually kind of yeah, figure gotta, out what we want to do so, for next. We got to figure out some other things. So, anyways, because, uh, uh, everyone, welcome back to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. It's been crazy, and if you noticed, we kind of didn't have a show last week. Yeah, what? but me especially, me especially, uh, I'm back. Well, no, we didn't After have a show a period hiatus. last week, so. Um, we wanted to do a live show from Salt Lake Comic Con. We did do a live show, but they didn't have Wi-Fi, so we couldn't connect. We have the recording of the show, so I'm going to be posting it. So the only way to get access to that is to download it. So <gasps> it, it's going to take some it? time. But wait, how how do we find these? So you can do it by looking on Blog Talk Radio, <gasps> iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Yahoo, all those wonderful outlets. It's out there. And or our website, DungeonCollegeRadio.com. But but that that's so many things. How much can something like that cost? He Zero says knowingly. Dollars. Zero. Zero dollars and oh, we, wretched cents? We may have to change that, though. No, just kidding. It's going to be zero. It's going to be free. Zero dollar. Zero. Uh, there's going to be some, some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, yes, because of the craziness coming back from Gen Con, I had to move, and then we had Comic Con. The Gen Con videos will be coming out all this week. Uh, mixed and mingled with the Comic-Con videos. Uh, but especially the Gen Con videos. Yes, the Gen Con videos. Were, especially they had, especially they have priority. the Gen Con videos. Those had the most e- important members. Yep, yep. Or some of the most important members of the show, yes, i.e. Yes. Joe <laughs> and Joe's alter ego. Not my fault, you guy guys named Joe. Booyah! He says flexing. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad Joe wasn't there. You totally could have interviewed Hulk Hogan. 
I was totally looking forward to interviewing Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and they had a they had a wrestling rink there. As yeah, well. I heard about that. Crazy. So, so I, way too loud next to our booth. Curious though. Yes. So, did Hulkamania run wild on Dungeon Crawlers Radio? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Because you weren't there. I know. I would have insisted that Hulkamania run wild. Yeah. The full T-shirt ripping and everything. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, no one had any other way. Everyone. Uh, let's do the, the call-off. So this is Revan. It's a guy named Joe. I'm this, back. This is the great and mighty and powerful Lord Flagoon. And Zakora. And, and Drew. <laughs> Hi, Drew. Hey, I was waiting for it. <laughs> was... you, you're about as meek and mild as Zakora has normally been. I mean, it seems like <laughs> after last week, she's gone from a mouse to a lion. It's just like, and Zakora. And you're like, Drew. True. I mean, well, I, would, I, I have, have to say, cool name. I, 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 I'll probably have to say go, it was probably because my introduction I'm was just a little bit so over <laughs> yeah. the top that was, everybody was else shocked. was just like, I'm, 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 I'm Drew. I have to say, you know, Zakora really belted it out last week. At, during the live show, she started <laughs> off the Geek News. It was a little tr- worrisome, but, yeah, you know, she, okay, oh, come on. she, com- I, she, she completely... Uh, decided in, in the live show to talk about how you can go back and kill your grandfather. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I thought about it a lot after that because I was like, man, that just wasn't well you've received. Been, you've been thinking about killing, going heck? back in time and killing your grandpa? No, okay. Okay. I haven't. But the theory, the grandfather paradox, mm-hmm. is that's just the way that people use, you know, that's just what people describe the consequences of going back in time and changing one little thing mm-hmm. and then possibly creating a paradox or a whole nother timeline or a random time loop or something and like changing the, the okay. future, right? Mm-hmm. She's going to think this show too, man. essentially what Two I was trying row. to talk about. But everybody got stuck on the whole killing your grandfather thing because I was just trying to explain what the grandfather paradox was. So, yeah. I okay. wasn't actually trying to talk about killing our grandfathers. I was trying to describe <laughs> what the grandfather paradox was. There was like this sixty-five-year-old uh, couple sitting in there, and the guy's <laughs> just kind of like hanging his head. He's like, "No, oh, what's gonna happen? Oh, Why man. would you do this to me? It was crazy." <laughs> but no, I go kill their grandpa. So, so, what did the grandfather paradox? I mean, what were you trying to get oh, to? Yeah. Okay. So, I read this article from the Scientific American. It, it was just posted on the 2nd of September. Okay. And our show is slowly going downhill. Um, basically, yeah, it's it's basically it said that you can't... Exa- you can't ex- Sorry, let me, uh, let me actually swallow my... If you could actually go back in time. Lagoon okay. has no manners. They, they, <laughs> yeah, if, if you, they created a theory. Okay. That basically created like an isolated time loop where you could go back. You, like, you enter into the, into the past okay. at a certain schematics, essentially, of yourself, mm-hmm. and then you come back out, and you have to meet those schematics again, so even if you did t- kill your grandfather, you wouldn't cease to exist because, or if you changed, you know, you stepped on a butterfly or something, okay. you know, there wouldn't be vast consequences because things would have to meet certain requirements for you to... You would never have gone fishing with your grandpa. How is that not vast consequences? Let alone well, no, because, the, gen- well, well, the genetic... Key- chain that created right. you would not exist. Well, wouldn't the hypothesis then dictate that you still did go fishing with your grandpa? Right. Exactly. But to the rest of the world, you never did. 
So your experience still remains the same because you experienced it. Well, of course. I would still say that it just create an alternate reality where you would go back to your timeline where your grandpa was alive and well or was alive and well enough to bring you on, but you create an alternate timeline where your grandpa died and you don't even exist. But you're never going to be able to actually get into that timeline because you don't belong there. That's another possibility. Sure. I I object. Back to the future, too, all the way. Anyway, no, anyways, so if I you want to read about it, Scientific American, it's and the latest September second article okay. on time travel. The reality is, if I would have killed my grandfather, I never would have had my first beer. So, oh, well, that would be sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. See, technically, you did have your first beer. It's just no one else knows you had your first beer. <laughs> and my grandpa passed away when I was like eleven. Just to put that in context. <laughs> oh. Okay. Just to clarify, I. If you have any focus. objections, please email <laughs> Lord or please email Flagoon at oh, He will <laughs> take that and do something with that. Uh, wow. Yeah. Let's just move on. All right, let's move on love, because love this, this, this show is. I know this is what happens with the love, show attendant. Love our grandpas. Yeah. Yes, there, there you go. Love, love our grandpas. What actually? Grandpas are awesome. So I, I think it would probably be a good idea to, to kind of go back to the Comic Con thing and you know let's go around the table other than Joe since he wasn't there. Oh no, I can chime in. But we I'll can, just we make can stuff say, up. We could say, you, you know, what was our what was one of our favorite things that happened to us during Comic Con? Well, let's start with Zakora. Zakora. Okay. Um. Well. I was able to go to a few panels, and I have, okay. So I'm gonna have I'm gonna talk about the three panels that I went to that I really liked. Okay. Okay. So at first I went to Carrie Ellis, mm-hmm. and uh, he is as charming in person as he is on <laughs> the Princess Bride. Um, during the question and answer period, a girl came up and said, "What's your favorite line from or from the Princess Bride?" And he and will you recite it for us? Mm-hmm. And he actually talked about a book that he's been writing or that he wrote it's on amazon mm-hmm. called as you wish and it's about the making of the princess bride but he he was kind of funny and he was like well you may have heard about a book i wrote because he's been talking about it but uh long story short he walked up to her and like embraced her and then whispered it in her ear <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh i think i'm gonna melt <laughs> and so that was awesome and totally <laughs> jealous of that Ooh. woman um, I'm kind of already I know, right? He's blushing over there. Right? Oh, he's he's blushing so over there. Ooh, got the vapors. <laughs> yeah, this happens occasionally, like when we announced that... The, Talk about Daniel know, Craig Daniel and, Craig and was going to be doing another two James Bond. I, he he went all red. Well, this was a couple yeah. years okay. back. He went all red in the face, and he he, he, was, he was like fanning himself, he, he and he squeed like a schoolgirl. That's awesome. Yeah. That, was, that was back when I was like... Yeah. He's barely starting out. That was a long time ago. Yeah. He is. He is. Awesome. He's pretty dreamy. Back when I was actually funny. Uh, <laughs> okay. Idris Elba was going to be the next Bond, which would be amazing. Idris Elba? I just, yeah. Really? See, yeah. Huh. yeah, that's not going to happen. That would be awesome. I'd love it to, would be I'd, cool. I'd love Time to see Luther as Bond. That'd be yeah. pretty damn cool. Time would, be. would be. Amazing. He's doing yeah, Luther, yeah. though, so he's tied up in that for a while. For a while. Yeah. Time. Even though they only do, what, four episodes? Yeah. Uh, Five, maybe? But time. But time is our friend on this right. one. Okay. Right. You had two other panels? I do. Right? I have two others. So okay. I went to um, the Classic Doctors panel mm-hmm. with Colin Baker and Paul McGann. Mm-hmm. And I haven't actually been able to watch the Classic Doctors yet. I'm all caught up on the new one. Well, you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to see any episodes with Paul McGann. I've heard, I've heard that. He's yeah. only a movie. Yeah, he yeah. did a one movie. So I'm going to have to yeah. look that up. But um, I have it. 
Oh, well, I'll have to borrow anyway, it from you. Anyway. So, uh, getting to see them, even though I'd never seen them as the doctor, mm-hmm. um, they it was literally like seeing the doctor in real life. It was so magical. Mm-hmm. I can't really describe the other, like, past that. Like, it was just like, oh, my gosh, that's totally the doctor. <laughs> He's real. <laughs> and um, they were so funny. Uh, Paul McGann was very sultry every every time someone would introduce themselves. He would be like, hello. <laughs> say their name. <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah. And um, Colin Baker said something really funny. So he said, um, someone asked what, your, what their least favorite or scariest enemy of the Doctor was in any season. And um, Colin Baker said that he didn't like the Weeping Angels. He said, but... A proper doctor would have thought of this. When an angel gets up close to you, you just alternate eyes. Like, instead of, you know, having to worry about blinking, Mm -hmm. he's like, you just alternate eyes. And he did it on stage. Oh, my gosh. Everybody was killing themselves laughing. But there would be a split second when both eyes were closed, wouldn't there? No. No. Instead of of closing both eyes and then opening it, you close one eye, open them up, close the other eye. Yeah. Yeah, Open them up, close one eye. Okay. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So that that works most mostly works, but occasionally the angels do tend to play with the light, so yeah. that wouldn't work in that case. But well, if you're in a well lit really, area, like yeah, outside in the park in during the daytime. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. And mm-hmm. then finally, Andrew might want to talk about this too, but we got to go to the Alan Tudyk panel, mm-hmm. and he was hilarious. I don't think we stopped laughing once like during the entire thing and he does something really unique um instead of having like a queue of people to ask questions on either side of the stage they just missed the queue and he had three extra chairs up on the stage and at first i was like huh i thought this was just alan tudyk what's mm-hmm. going on and uh he he asked her everyone was that was going to ask questions and he said well how about you come up line up by the stairs over here and three of you come up at a time on the stage okay and uh ask your question. So they would ask this, ask their question. And then he, he introduced his bag of shit. shit. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, um, he, he just explained that he carries his bag around with whatever, to whatever conventions he goes to. And it's just a bunch of stuff that he has, like he's been given a long time ago, or he just has lying around. And uh, then he would sign it and give it to them. Like he would just pull out random things. That's awesome. It was so Fun. It was. It was honestly one of the funnest panels I've ever been to. Yeah, it was. It was super cool. So those are my highlights. All oh, right. Actually, one more. Oh, sorry. Right, and one more. Okay. Saturday was my birthday, and I got to bring my two little boys to Comic Con for the very first time, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. They loved. I mean, they they were so excited. They were a little bit disappointed we didn't get to find Flash, but I explained to them that was because Flash moved too quickly. Oh yeah, so, he was just okay. he was just he in was and there, out. He was there, but he was he was moving around too fast. Yeah. But okay. they got pictures with their favorite superheroes. They totally could have talked with Flash. They they had so Michael much Rosenbaum fun. Michael Rosenbaum is the voice of Flash in the Justice League. Yeah. That could have been cool for him. So, but um, we were le- getting ready to leave, and Xander goes, "Best day ever!" Okay, let's go home. <laughs> so that was that was probably the tip top of it nice. for me. Cherry on top. Drew, your turn. Uh, what uh, say you? Well, uh, your Comic Con experiences. I have a couple. So what? Oh. The the Alan Tudyk panel was absolutely amazing. It was. Mm-hmm. He came out and he was extremely humble and just kind of 
like modest for a little bit and thank the crowd and and then he moved right into Q&A and the whole thing was Q&A which was amazing he didn't mm-hmm. sit there and talk about his experiences he just brought people up on stage and uh, he asked them a question they asked him a question he gave them something from his bag of shit and it was like it was just amazing like there was an uh, unworn pair of sunglasses that he bought and someone said didn't fit his face so he signed the sunglasses and gave them to the person there was a a harmonica from uh, the dude from Blues Traveler like he was at a concert and and gave him this harmonica so he gave it away and just cool stuff like that um and he he uh, one of the girls came up and had two little dinosaurs with him and asked him to to recreate the scene and uh, so he did that which was fantastic as well absolutely <laughs> hilarious so that was fantastic and and the uh, core is right I don't think we stopped laughing the whole time he was mm-hmm. by far the funniest person I've seen up on stage so um, other than that <laughs> let's see here I went to the Dragonlance 30th anniversary panel mm-hmm. with uh, Margaret Weiss. Tracy Hickman, Laura Hickman, and um, Larry Elmore were all together and, okay. and convened and talked about Dragonlance a bit. Tracy Hickman made the entire place cry, which was awesome and brutal at the same time. We were all just <laughs> like, kind of sobbing. In there. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, how, um, like, how did they bring everyone to tears? Um, he, they, they talked for a while, and they talked. They actually, it was really cool because they talked about how all of them came together at TSR mm-hmm. and how they all came to arrive at Lake Odessa, and then how Dragonlance came to be. And you know, it was Tracy and Laura on their on their drive from Salt Lake to Lake Odessa, um, how they came up with the rough idea, and then when Margaret and Larry got there, they kind of um, brought them in together and, and created this task force to develop everything about Dragonlance, including the artwork before they pitched it to TSR. Um, so he went through that story, but then um, when they started Q&A with like 15 minutes left, the first girl that asked a question um, asked about Sturm, mm-hmm. who is one of the most beloved Dragonlance characters of all time. And, um, you know, she had basically said, I understand that, you know, Sturm is kind of one of the fan favorites and he's really close to Margaret. That was one of Margaret's favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone was devastated when Sturm died. Spoiler alert. Um, but if they haven't read it by now, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah How long fine. has that book been out? Yeah. I haven't read it yet. Game so of spoilers. You should, yeah, so you should read it. Um, but uh, So they talked about when he died, how hard it was, but they knew that he absolutely had to. And then, and then uh, Tracy told a story uh, about a signing that they did at a commissary on a military base. And basically, like, the long and short of it, because I can't do the story justice, is that um, there was a guy, a soldier in Afghanistan, who was leading point for his squad and came up over a mountain ridge, and he took sniper fire and it broke his back. Mm-hmm. And Sturm had been his favorite character since day one. He had a copy of the Chronicles that he said dove 300 feet under the water with him, had jumped out of a plane at 30,000 feet with him, and this book had just been everywhere with him, and Sturm was his favorite. So he's laying there with a gunshot wound and a broken back, and he's the only person that knows that the the Taliban are setting up an ambush on the other side of the valley. They're setting up mortar cannons, and their snipers getting into position. And so um, he laid there, and he's like, okay, I could die, or... Uh, you know, he was kind of laying there saying, I'm going to die, but he, he, he stopped for a second and he said, what would Sturm do? And so he used his rifle to pick himself up 
and get back over the ridge and warn his squad before they cleared the ridge mm-hmm. and saved everybody, basically. And so that guy was there in a wheelchair. He was, he was paralyzed from, like, I think the stomach down or somewhere in the midsection down. He was in full uniform. And after he told the story to Tracy and Margaret, he reached in his lap and grabbed his um, bronze star and his purple heart, and he gave them to Tracy. And he said, this wow. is for Stern, but you're the person that can hold it. So oh, it was amazing. I'm like, wow. Oh, man. So, that's fantastic. So he does a way better because he's such a fantastic storyteller, but it was a powerful story for sure. Um, and so that was, that was awesome. Um, one of my best buddies back in Michigan is a huge, huge Dragonlance nut. So I bought him a copy, uh, uh, a print of the death of Sturm from mm-hmm. Larry Elmore and had him sign it. His birthday's next week, so it's in the mail right now going to him. Oh, which nice. Awesome, so. Well, happy birthday, Drew's friend. Yeah. Big Dutch. Happy my, birthday, Big buddy. Dutch. Big Dutch. And Friday night we had a lot of fun, too. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, to talk, we'll, we'll talk about that separately. Yeah, that will okay. be, be a portion of the uh, show later on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Joe, what was your, what was your, uh, one of your favorite things at Comic-Con? <laughs> Not being there. Not being there. Not having to be pressed between 200,000 people, people or whatever. Because let's be real, I probably would have flipped my lid. Oh. Being compressed yeah. in uh, yeah. to, uh, uh, Over 120,000 people. Turnstile in attendance, so unique visitors. They're still counting the numbers, you know, because conventions can do something which, you know, if you have a three-day pass, you count as three adults. Mm-hmm. But the numbers really so far are unique, so we'll see if it goes up from there. I'm sure it will. Yeah, regardless. But yeah. even so, that's amazing. I mean, Saturday, it was so, you know, it was so crowded. You know, last year it was still really crowded inside, but if you got out into the main hallways, you were fine. Mm-hmm. No, no, not, it, this, it not was, this year. It was the standing main, room. Everywhere. Yeah, the main hallway. I mean, you can go take picture. You can go take a look at a bunch of pictures they have. It oh, is yeah. shoulder to shoulder. I mean, there was no we, yeah. extra room. Uh, we, uh, myself, my wife, and my daughter. We had to leave early on Saturday because my daughter almost got trampled about seven times. Yeah, sure. it, it was. But nice. so my yeah, my experience. Yes. So uh, uh, funnest thing was we. So I was wasn't really connected with the show. I didn't get to go to any panels. I did our panel. But otherwise, I was with I was with my family, which was really nice to do. Back to be able to go to a convention and actually try to be conventioning instead of just going, all right, what interviews are we going to be getting? So that was that was one of my nice that was one of the nice things. The other thing was fun was uh, we brought my three year old and we dressed her up. So uh, the first day we got her a Rapunzel dress, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm gonna show this around to everybody, but uh, I'll probably post it up. So we can go, oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. that is kind of. She was yeah. She was she Rapunzel up on Facebook. She was Rapunzel for uh, for the day, and she just loved it. And uh, but she didn't like wearing the dress all the time. She'd take it off every now and again. <laughs> so she got a picture with uh, with uh, with an Elsa. And when she saw the Elsa, she just like her jaw just dropped, Aww. and she just <laughs> I don't know what I should do. <laughs> so we got a picture of that, and then we're walking around. We're out of the area, open area. And she, we see a big group of, uh, of princesses. There's like two aerials. Uh, there's one aerial that's actually like mermaid aerial. Other ones the out the uh, surface aerial. There's Belle. There's Elsa. There's Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. And she's just like princesses. Oh my god, she is losing her mind. And they're taking pictures. So she's like she 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 comes in and she's like dress 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 dress. So we put her Rapunzel dress back on. We get a picture of her, which I will bring that up again, or my, uh, bring that up. 
So everybody can just go, aww. <laughs> so we, we get that picture, and then we go back on our, on our way. We round the corner, and, and the dress aww. is off. She oh. she went back down to just her regular dress, <laughs> and it was that was she was done with that, and that was that was uh, one of the other. It was a really fun thing. Second day we dressed her up like Elsa, and we didn't really get to do as much with her as dressed up like Elsa, just because it was so dang crowded. So we didn't, you know. And she also she didn't keep it. She kept it on for a little bit longer this time, but she didn't keep it on for long enough for people to want to get pictures with her. So that was all right. Um, so those. Those were those were some of the fun things. The coolest thing, though, was uh, you know our friend Grant Wilson was there signing autographs, being uh, being Grant Wilson. Not not yeah, rather, it was awesome. Not rather dashing uh, um, uh, Grant Wilson, even though he is always a dashing gentleman. Yes, but uh, he was there as uh, pre- you know previously, as himself previously on Ghost on Ghost Hunters, Grant Grant Wilson, and uh, so we're walking around, and Grant's booth is pretty. Uh, his line is empty. There's like one person at the at the desk talking with him there. And I'm like, hey, I can go introduce you to Grant, and his uh, wife is there. I'll introduce you to them. And my wife is like, yeah, whatever. Do you really, does he really know you? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> he knows me. And she's like, yeah, if, he think, if you think he knows you, then yeah, we'll do it. So we go up, and, you know, he's still talking with the person, and uh, his, his wife is there. I can never remember her name. Rena. Rena. Yeah, Rena's there, and she's like, I'm supposed to know you, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm with Dungeon Crawlers Radio. She's like, oh, yeah. And, we're like, and so we started talking with her. You know, like, we missed you at Gen Con. We, we understand you were taking care of your kids because school was starting the same week. So we just started talking, and then Grant got done with, uh, with the, the gentleman he was talking with, and he sees me, and he goes, Lane! He jumps over his desk <laughs> and gives me a big hug. Aww. Meanwhile, my wife just goes silent. She's like, which rarely happens. Which rarely yeah, happens. Rarely, 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 rarely happens. <laughs> so we talk for a little bit. He gets a couple more people. And we talk, you know, we talk Gen Con. We talk about Comic-Con. We talk, you know, just basically just chit-chat with him for a little bit. Say how nice it is to see him in other uh, venues and just Gen Con. And, you know, he gets a couple people. So we we depart. We start our things. And the wife is like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to start believing you now. <laughs> <laughs> that was street cred, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was... That was my high point was uh, being able to go ha to the wife. No, it, it was really <laughs> nice having Grant away from Rather Dashing Games because you know, like you, he gave me a big hug and he, he sat there and talked to me and you know he flat out said we're family. Uh, that's what Aww. he said about us, the Dungeon Crawlers. I didn't him. get a hug from Grant. You, that's what happens either. when you don't show up to Comic Con. Anyway, <laughs> do, do you want to pretend and you could say that's your favorite part too? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll do that. I'll vouch for you. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Comic Con was really awesome. We can Photoshop everything. Yes, yeah. we can. Uh, there was a lot of awesome moments like that. Um, we'll talk about the game, but oh, oh, another another one thing that was also really fun was uh, I walked the wife over to the, uh, uh, or the, at least in our wanderings we found the geek she- the geeky chic uh, booth, uh-huh. and the wife fell in love with one of their tables. Yes. Yes. So I will. Awesome. I will hopefully have one of them in my living room or my dining room, for room. For, for gaming purposes and eating mm-hmm. and eating and eating and gaming. <laughs> Scotch guard at first. That's yes. easy to yep. wipe it all up. Yep. <laughs> yep. So right. I guess my highlight. It. It was. I had to. I. I couldn't do any more interviews after it. So sure, uh, we got a lot of great interviews. We finally have interviewed a doctor. You know, we got a gr- great interview with Paul McGann, 
which was awesome, you know, because we've always got the companions. Um, there are several other people that I wish we could have got interviews with, but the lines were always big, you know, and one of, one of the policies is if the line's too big, we can't really do much. Yeah. You know, I still talked with, you know, people and agents, so we may have a chance later on. But the last one, you know, was, uh, I'm a, I've always, I've loved Smallville. Mm-hmm. And Michael Rosenbaum's portrayal of Lex Luthor is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much that, you know, Stan Lee has even said he, he has probably been, portray, been the best portrayal of Lex Luthor ever, which is saying quite a bit. You know, even mm-hmm. though Stan Lee's not DC, that, that man... But he would know a thing or two about... He would. Um, so, you know, it, it took a while. We approached him Thursday morning. We didn't get it till Saturday, the interview. But, you know, we were going to interview him at... At his table, some things happened, so we couldn't do it. But he's like, "Hey, I do. I'm, I promise to do the interview. I want to do the interview. Meet us over by the photo booth. We'll, you know, we'll, okay. we'll do it then." So we went down there. We waited for a half hour. He came out, and he was going to jump in, in the cart. And he, he saw us. He's like, "Oh yeah, I got to do an interview with these guys." Okay. So we set up. We're doing the interview, and I feel this hand on my shoulder, and I'm like, "Oh crap." They're going to ask us to move along because we're right here next to the photo booth. Yeah. And this guy just leans over and looks in the camera and says, like, yeah, I invented the Internet, and this guy, don't listen to him. He, has, he says nothing but crap. And I look over in the corner of my eye, and it is Bruce freaking Campbell <laughs> video bombing us. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the crap? I mean, what do you do? And he's just like, dog, and I'm like, yeah, okay, because I'm like stunned. Because sure. I've been, I tried to get Bruce. We couldn't. He was nearly untouchable. Yeah. I hadn't even seen him the entire weekend, and here he is video bombing us. And it was perfect. I mean, literally, because, you know, Michael Rosenbaum turns around and says, get out of here, and, and does a fake punch at him. And, you know, Bruce stumbles away like he's been hit, and he's just like, okay. Man. You know, and, and the whole time Bruce Campbell's talking, I mean, I've gone back and looked at the video. You see Michael Rosenbaum just saying, you know, just saying, this guy's a a dick, you know, <laughs> Bruce Campbell, go figure. And I'm just like, and then he's like, oh, he's a good buddy of mine. I'm like, really? Yeah. And, you know, and even while we're talking, Michael was like goofing around. He, you know, he went to go grab the bar on the golf cart and missed, and it looked like he stumbled. I'm like, I'm looking at him like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just messing with you, dude. Okay. You know, and, and just having lots of fun. You know, he's impressed that I knew everything he was on. He, you know, we're supposed to have two minutes. We ended yeah. up with six. Cool. Bruce Campbell video bombing. Not only that, you look at the video. Simon Helberg walks up, which no one's allowed to, t- to talk to him or do any interviews because he's like, no, because he's sure. so super busy. He walks up, sits down in the golf cart. The rest of the interview, you just see him staring at the camera. You know, like, <laughs> it's literally like Howard Hull- Wolowicz just walked up in Comic-Con and sat down like, dude, that's Michael Rosebun. I'm just going to sit here and watch. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it was great. Great interview. Uh, we 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 got a lot of mileage out of panels. You know, our live show had uh, you know had, had quite a few people, but I um, I was on some really big panels that you know that got us our name out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on uh, Game of Thrones ones with Kerry Jackson, which very interesting being next to him in yeah. a panel. But it was great. Um, he was very polite and you know talked to me for a bit. Um, overall, it was a great experience. You know, we got a lot of mileage out of it in some ways. Some ways we need some improvement, but it was fun. You know, it was fun. It wasn't the, you know, you two weren't there, so I was running back and forth 
you know, like a crazed man trying to get interviews. Yeah, yeah, not fun. I don't want to do that again. We're gonna have other people doing that. But we got, you know, we got panel coverage. We got people coming to our booth. Uh, it was fun. Okay. Hey, speaking of the panel, mm-hmm. let's give a shout out to our return visitor. Who... Oh, yeah, we had we had people come back from FantasyCon yep. to watch us. Yeah. Oh, hey, how awesome yeah. was that? It was awesome. Yeah. yeah it was fantastic. Um, we recognized about... him in the crowd. So shout out to that <laughs> yeah. guy. Um, so who was uh? So what was what panel was that that you were on then? Uh, that was so the, uh, that was a Game of Thrones one. That okay. was on with Carrie Jackson. Uh, I was on a Doctor Who one with uh, one of the guys from Big Shiny Robot. Mm-hmm. Um, we did our live show there. I moderated the uh, business side of your dreams. Uh, I was on the Battle of the Five Armies with Paul Janess and James Wymore. That both the Game of Thrones one and that the Hobbit one were packed. I mean, they literally had to shut the door and couldn't let any more people in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's one other one that escapes my mind, but you know. Really solid panels and really great. Okay. Um, the panels were super well attended. They were. All the, the panels were. Um, there's a couple things I wish they had done. You know, like, the booklet doesn't really give a lot of information. They do need to work on that. They realize yeah. that. They're going to improve on stuff. And they are, the layout, the floor layout, was a lot better. Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was a lot more booths, excuse me, a lot more booths in there. And they had, you know how it has the L shape, and it goes back towards yeah, the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where all the celebrities were on, on that back L. It freed up so much space having them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you walk right in, there are the artists and the vendors. And then you come in, in the middle, and then you have the bigger booths. And then you come back to the smaller artist booths. And then you had the kid con, and they had some more booths and some other things and the celebrity. I think it was a much better laid out. Um, floor plan this time. Around. Okay, I, I would have actually said there was a few things they should have changed mm-hmm. that, that kind of created a, a few unne- unnecessary um, what's the roadblocks. Like the the way they had that L, that's where they had the the wrestling ring. That's where they had the robot challenges. And when a, a robot challenge and a wrestling match was going on at the same time, you could not, <laughs> you, could not you could not move I, yeah. anywhere. No, those two things, yeah. I think, need to be situated. And, and again, they're probably not going to have wrestling again. That was probably part of bringing Hulk Hogan. Bringing that Hulk they had Hogan. To have that. Sure. I do think where they had, uh, where they were selling the, the merchandise and you had to pick that up, that was a horrible spot. That was yeah. a bad spot. That, that should have been place. out in the lobby yeah. area. Yeah, in the lobby. You know, by sure. the, the ballroom or if nothing else, you know, up on that upper floor where they had the check-in uh-huh. for press and special guests. Oh, yeah. That would have been a much better location yeah. for that because then it would have been out of the way. I mean, literally, they had people that lined up, and then they had to stop them, and then they waited, and then they brought more people over. I mean, it was nice that they were doing stuff like that, I and mean, we see that at Gen Con, but it was still really annoying because it was right in that, that roadblock. Yeah, as far it was as, right at the narrowest po- yeah. portion of the thing. Which it's in the air. It's going towards the area that the most people are going to be yeah. going towards. Uh, another thing that I think they need to do is they've got to figure out a place, uh, another place to put concessions. They've yeah. got to find somewhere else to put food because them having the food concessionaires in the Salt Palace, which I'm pretty sure is part of what the Salt Palace is mm-hmm. like, one of their policies. It probably is. It takes up way too much space, and they put them in the most inopportune spots. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get away from that. True. I think that's. Yeah. That, I think that's, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a salt palace yeah. thing, which 
But the size of the Salt Palace is definitely showing, proving that it's not big enough for a convention. Uh, well, that unfortunately, is growing it is. It's, as a, much as it's it the is. largest. Yeah, it's all yeah, they have. Yeah. It's, all they, it's all that they've got, but they, we need to get something bigger. We do. Here. We do. There, um, there are. They're, they're working and on a convention. And my budget. other, my other gripe is, is the artist alleys were kind of laterally mm-hmm. situated, mm-hmm. and the vendors were longitudinally. So that one, was a little when weird. You, when you got out of the out of the vendor area, you had to either be on the right row to be able to get a straight mm-hmm. shot all the way down, or you'd have to branch off either left or right yeah. to reach the to reach another row, which yeah. created another horrible kind of traffic. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I I agree that that could and that's an easy change, but sure. that is something that was a little awkward there because you went from you know left you know east to west to suddenly north to south, and that. Did cause some issues, but I, I was impressed with the. I don't know. I felt like this year their vendors. There were a lot more. Yes. That were very, that were much more applicable. Yeah. But at the same time, no. There were there some so that many were vendors. totally not. There were so many there vendors. Were like, why, so why, like, why would Comcast? There, need need there were like three call centers. Why, why would they well, because it, a booth. Well, it's like know, I understand that they're, they're sponsors. Yeah, I understand they're, they're sponsors, but a money. full booth. Well, yeah. again, That's they're like, contributing money and they're they're paying for that space. It's tough, you know. It's nice to have like I don't know. You kind of feel like you have to look at it as a, on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like we're not in the middle anymore, but we had both of the extremes. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, as it grows, I'm sure this will, it'll change. Yeah. You know, there'll be different things. I uh. Yeah, they've they've done a great job so far with that. So what? Yeah. Well, it's uh, oh yeah, it is yeah. half past the hour. Oh yeah, we should. Thirty minutes past the hour. This uh, first half of the show has been brought to you by Amazon.com. So if you enjoyed us talking about uh, Salt Lake Comic Con or any other conventions that we've been talking about, and well, and let's face it, we played some pretty awesome games. So if you want to find them, probably go on to Amazon. So right after the show, just clear out your cookies. Or go to the search bar at the site of DungeonCollegeRadio.com. Shop as normal. You don't pay anything extra. We get a little money. It's like a win-win situation, really. You, you don't lose in this one. And I'm going to say Amazon.com. The banners are going to be bigger. You're going to be able to find it on our, our on the website. Bigger! Yeah. So I'm going to jump into something here. So Thursday, day one, we're leaving you know, the hall. And I have Larry Correa run up to me and go, I need to talk to you. I have a buddy of mine that hasn't gamed in over 10 years, and I just don't want to run a game. Will you run a game for us? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Firefly, that's pretty easy. He's like, that's great. He's like, find out if you can do it tomorrow or Saturday. So I find out. We run the game Friday night. So uh, it was Larry Correa, his mm-hmm. buddy Rabbit. Yes, his name is Rabbit. Uh, Dan Willis. John Brown, which showed up later and said he was going to hang around for a couple minutes, ended up staying the whole game. And then uh, two of Larry's kids played. And then Drew and I. I uh, we went over to Little America. We, we stayed in Rabbit's hotel room. We ran it there. Um, super fun. I mean, it was crazy. They, they ran with the pre-generated characters. I, you know, I just crafted a story. We played. Larry Korea's kid... Little scary. Um, he is his father's <laughs> son for sure. So, Rabbit's from Texas, uh, and he, he plays uh, the Gumphreys. The McGuffleys. McGuffleys. No the one. one that knows no it. one could say their last name the right. But anyway, McGuffleys. They were they were farmers mm-hmm. from this planet, and you know they had the accent. And Joe, 
uh, Larry's boy jumps into the accident. And he's like, Paul, Paul, look what I found. I found a sign. I was outside skinning sheep. And he's like, boy, what did I tell you about skinning sheep? We shear the sheep. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, Paul. I mean, they, they had it like perfect. And then, you know, and Larry's daughters weren't really wanting to play. And I'm like, you know, you can play. He's like, you want to play? And they're like, nah. And I'm like, you know, I got I got Kaylee if you want. And she's like, okay, I'll play. <laughs> so she took Kaylee's stat sheet. So we're thinking she's going to play Kaylee. But then she turns around and calls herself Ellie. And she's just really, she, I mean, she's just really talented and starts using the stats. We're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. All right. She's playing. Ellie. You know, uh, she turn she turns a broken down tractor into a hover tractor that uses grass clippings for fuel. But hey, awesome! <laughs> um, that was amazing. You know, Drew was a triad enforcer. John Brown came in and played a dishonored politician. Uh, Dan Willis was a bounty hunter, and then and then Larry Correa was an undercover uh, alliance agent, oh. and he was playing it pretty well. You know, he was he was pretty much playing that he was a you know a. Uh, uh, Cortex hacker hippie. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious because you know Dan Willis hands him this data pad that John Brown acquired, but unfortunately got shot mm-hmm. because he rolled some one. So there was a bullet hole in it, so he couldn't see. So he gives it to Larry. He's like, "You're the hacker. You know, get the data off this." He's like, "Okay, I'll be back. Uh, I, I I need some privacy." He walks over to the local alliance office and he says, "You need to decode this now." <laughs> oh my God. So I mean, there's just there's just fun stuff like that, and he brings it back, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know." So they're supposed to track down this guy, you know, find this kid because he's he's someone's kidnapped him, and it, the intrigue was going off because then you find out this family is supposed to marry this kid off to this other family, and then they're going to get this big, you know, dowry, and then. You find out that they're actually running out of money, and this other family's found that out. So they actually kidnapped the kid. It was a crazy twist of thing of events. But then we we get down to they found the cave where the kid's hidden, and they go down there, uh, you know, and Rabbit and Joe go down because you know they're gonna hide out, they're gonna snipe, mm-hmm. and they roll doubles ones. So he gets snapped off by a rabbit snare. He gets caught in a bear trap. The snipers are out. They have no clue, and they're going down, and they have 12 guys with guns pointed at him, you know, Dan and Drew. And Drew just goes, you got to hurry. I mean, he's like, you guys are suffering from sulfur poisoning. These baggies, you need to quickly take this and rub it along the guns because this is the only thing that's going to save your life. And he rolls and convinces them, and so they're rubbing it in, and then Joe, yeah, Yeah. Joe, snake oil thing, little Joe... Escapes, pegs the guy off. I mean, rolls perfectly, blows the guy's head off, literally. And Joe does, or Drew doesn't miss a beat. He goes, "See, I told you, he didn't take it fast enough." <laughs> <laughs> so everyone else is rubbing it in even faster. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so things get things get really messy. Larry goes in there because he's been told that under no circumstances is this boy supposed to come out of that cave alive. So he injects him with something, kills him. But then, like, uh, you know, everyone gets in there. I don't know. He's dead. They come out. They, snake, yeah. Man. I mean, they come out. They see these guys up there. So they go to talk to them. You know, they peg a guy off and they're talking to him. Like, take me, bo- your boss. Because they're spinning it around on the other guys. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Joe is pegging these guys off. 
that are rubbing this stuff in their gums. So he kills like three or four of them and then drags their body off and starts skinning them so that he can wear them. <laughs> this is the part where we all decide, decide Larry Korea's son is scary. Wow. <laughs> and so every, all this other stuff is going on. And then suddenly he's, you know, everyone's getting up on this hill and Larry's boy is coming up in these skin suits, and Drew just yells out of nowhere, Reavers! <laughs> and then everyone opens fire. Poor Joe. Probably got it. Amazingly enough, he rolled enough that he could have survived, but he had a one. Ah. He died. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no, there's no coming out of, you know, there, John Brown and, uh, and Larry's daughter ran off at the first sign of trouble, collected a posse, and came back with like 25 men. Because John was just super persuasive, and everyone just opened fire on this poor kid. Oh, <laughs> sad. Yeah. So we, we pretty much ended the story with, you know, the bounty hunter was getting his money. Mm-hmm. Wasn't from the original family, but the other family, because he was blackmailing him. And uh, all but Joe lived to, you know, to talk about another day. Wow. That's awesome. Those guards that survived Joe's shooting were my <laughs> next clients. Yep. I guess I got the first hit free of my experimental <laughs> drug, and so now they were mine for life. And, and Drew set up his, uh, you know, his uh, drug trade on yep. this new planet. That's perfect. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, drug trade. Such yep. a warm feeling. But everyone had fun. I mean, everyone was hooked. It was awesome. Uh, everyone was talking. I mean... Larry Correa went back over to Margaret Weiss the next day and, to- cause, and told her all about the adventure yeah. mm-hmm. and how, you know, he loved the system and we had great fun. I mean, I went over to Margaret and she's like, so I heard you guys uh, uh, played Firefly last night. Mm-hmm. like, really? Who told you this? <laughs> like, oh, Larry was over here bragging. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. It was... Dang, awesome. if only you'd have been able to get in touch with her, see if she'd be willing to come play. She couldn't. I already asked. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Dang. But she did uh, hook us up so that uh, Larry Elmore is actually interested in coming on the show to okay. talk about his artwork and stuff like that because he's going to be re- releasing some new stuff. And uh, there's some stuff I can't announce on air, but we'll have to talk about it off air that uh, Larry's really excited about that might possibly be happening between the Larrys. So very cool. Ooh, yeah. That sounds like that sounds like a Kendall. sitcom. I know. Between, Between the, the Larrys is <laughs> filmed yeah. in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. So lots of fun. Lots of fun came out of we should Comic-Con. That. Yeah. The two Larrys. Larry. There you go. We've offered an idea to you. We own it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Larry Elmore was fascinating to listen to. He was Yeah. Awesome. His story like he turned down TSR a couple of times when they asked him to come work there. Yeah. And uh, they basically, like, bought out his entire life just to get him up to Lake Odessa. And, nice. Um, but it was, it was a pretty cool story. Yeah. Um, you know, some other things uh, we'll have to talk about off-air, too. That there are things to come. There, okay. are, there are ideas that have, have uh, blossomed, we'll say, from mm. Comic-Con and some connections we've made. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So let's play, we'll play a couple songs. We're going to take a break. We'll okay. come back at, after that, we'll do some geek news. Swing of things. We'll get, get into some, some geek news. Uh, I'll try to find some, some uh, things. I, we don't have any Gamer Forge questions. Okay. But Aww. there's a lot of things we can still talk so, about. Oh, yeah. There's you know, still some stuff. Uh, with 5th Edition and some other things. I know. So. I actually started running character. a 5th Edition game this week. So, yes. yeah. So, I'm, I'm running one Saturday. I, I, you got the text. Drew's playing. Alan's playing. 
Johan or Zakora is playing. And, oh, you almost and, messed up. I know. And and it sounds her husband's probably going to play. And it sounds like Amber is going to be joining us. It's going to be fantastic. So, if you guys can join, man, I've really got to see if I can free up. We're getting the band together. I know. We're getting the band together, man. <laughs> We're on a mission from God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this. I have. Oh, that was another cool thing. I actually uh, using my uh, uh, my uh, uh, unnecessary Dan Aykroyd knowledge. Mm-hmm. I was able to get a, like a, a glowing, flashing uh, coaster. Nice for my daughter for playing cool. Factor Crap. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's play a couple songs, and then we will return uh, with the regular stuff that we do. Awesome. I'm just going to go and fantasize about playing Destiny some more. You know, uh, no. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that one. Sure. That looks so cool. We'll be back. Yay! Standing in the shadows When he calls your name voice is strong it's a dark and smoky place, so you can't quite see his face. He pulls you close and whispers in your ear. And he tells you he was born into some money. But it didn't mean he had to sit around. And he knows a thing or two about the things that you should do. If you don't want to take life lying down. First of all, hang out a lot with Hemingway Spend some time fighting bulls in Spain You should go three rounds with Archie Moore and Sugar Ray So damn scary you won't mind the pain Fearing inside at the rumble in the jungle Make friends
get the membership card. It's only $15, and it comes with a free magazine subscription. I totally want that. She was nice to me. She's my final fantasy. She's the girl. She's the girl at the video game.
Welcome back to another exciting episode of Dungeon yeah, Callers Radio. Welcome back to DC. Welcome back. Post Comic Con edition. Hello. Yes. So post post yearly con. I think we're done, aren't we? <laughs> we're, we're pretty much well, there. Yes and no. Don't say that. Some some, some <laughs> don't say that. Some individual set it, signed us up for a con in December. Which one? What the winter? Yes. What? Yeah. what? See, I want to go awesome. to it anyway, so that's awesome. I'm almost ready to say uh, no. Who? Well, why? Why? Because um, I'm done with cons. Well, <laughs> okay, so it's a small con, right? It's a small little Small convention. cons are still really a lot of work. Yeah, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah, see because it's a couple months away. I think yeah. the the Gen Con back to back with yeah, Comic Con was tough. Now I did find out that Gen Con's actually moving to the last week of July. Really? Yes. But that means I cannot go now. Hmm. Yeah. Like ever? If it stays the last week of July, yep. Okay. That's a problem. But I think we'll skip Gen Con next year and go to PAX. Yeah. Maybe I'll see if the yes. wife wants to go. Because if we go to, then we'll go. Because if we go to PAX, I'm pretty sure we can get a tour of Wizards and Paizo. Yeah. Yeah. Love. yeah. And it's, it's, it's Seattle, and it's not that far away. And I mean, and it's know, cheaper. Who doesn't there? like yeah. Seattle? And we could I know road they trip. Won the Super yeah. Bowl. <laughs> I have eh. friends in Seattle. I do too. So look at that. I we are, the, I can get the wife to buy in. She see, can stay with we her. already have. Yeah, we we could probably all, already have a lodgings without having to shift for a hotel. And then afterwards, we can all make another road trip to the Oregon coast and camp on the beach. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> Why? Because it's so much fun, and I haven't. Because that's where Twilight's at, yo. I've no, been there before. I've seen the Goonie Rocks. It's oh, see, then not... we're even closer. We don't even need to go to Oregon if we want to go to Forks. Can we go to Forks? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Forks you see on the movies is yeah. not Forks in Washington. I know. My brother, which is a huge Twilightard, <laughs> went the Forks because of that. Yeah. And he was What's sadly, he disappointed. sadly disappointed. Well, because oh, oh, most oh. of the town oh. that you see is actually in is in Oregon. In, oh, I thought it was up in Canada. No, it's actually most of the town is in Oregon. So, um, you know what? What? The next hour of this uh, program is going to be brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com gets you a if you go to uh, if you want to get a free book. And that's an audio book. Head to audiblepodcast.com forward slash Dungeon Radio, or even easier, click on their little banner there. And, you know, click, click that banner and then fill out your thing there and you can get your free book. And it's not just a collection of like selection of like five books that just came out. So you're not going to get like, you know, some sort of Twilight book or whatever clone book that is out right now that is kind of like Twilight, but it's not Twilight or Fifty Shades of something. <laughs> this is literally thousands of books for you to choose from that and it's free. So, and it, it helps us out. It helps you out. It gets you something. You're not coming out uh, out of this uh, particular deal empty-handed. It signs you up for a gold account, which is not that much. It's only like $14 a month. Gets you a credit every month, and that is also good for any book. And these are like, this is like, you could pick, you know, an $80, uh, regularly priced $80 book, and it's yours for $14. I mean, where are you losing on this deal? The answer is, you're not. You're Audible. Not. I'm They're in. books. That people read to you. <laughs> I'm listening to uh, Ernest Klein's Ready Player One right now from Audible, mm-hmm. read by Will Wheaton. It is absolutely well, amazing. I'm going to pitch this in conjunction. Even though you can sign up and get a free audiobook, if you act now before I think it's the 19th or the 20th of September, 
you can go pick up uh, the Dritz anthologies. It's free. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do the free monthly. Well, what? yeah, so this was released yeah. by Wizards of the Coast. You have people like Felicia Day, Ice-T, Will Wheaton, and Danny Puny. Danny Puny, several other big-name actors rereading his short stories. Although, I've, I've listened yeah. to it. The Ice-T, uh, the, the one that Ice-T reads is just hilarious. Yeah. Because he, like, I've, mad props to Ice-T. He's a, he's a very good actor. But uh, his pronunciation for a lot of the things, like he like pronounce, pronounces every letter in the word sword. <laughs> sword. Sword. I can totally see that. Yeah. That sounds like well, he, it, it, he actually went on his Facebook page. You can <laughs> yeah. see where he made a post. Really. <laughs> Have you ever tried pronouncing you know, fantasy names? This is rid- <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, if, I, I was thinking a lot politer than he said, but yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so... A lot of big names came in and did this, uh, and they're great. And it's free right now. <laughs> after you know, after that, it's not going to be free anymore. So you could go get your free book and then get a second free book. Holy crap! Which yep. is like a bunch of mini stories. That, it's amazing. Do it now. Oh, Run, man! I love giving away free stuff. Just did it. Yeah. Oh, Done. Snap. Look at that. I just got done listening to it. Yeah. Smartphone dropped. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's do some geek news. We haven't done oh, geek news geek. in forever, it seems like. Well, at least two weeks. Is there any Proper. geek news? Well, I couldn't yeah, get, any, I couldn't happen, get any geek news for the show because I couldn't get any internet. I can't, I, you know, other than the, you know, there's a couple things, you know, Mark uh, Ruffalo is asking to be in the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that happens. Who knows? Everyone wants to be on Star Wars. That's not like that's the big I want amazing to be on thing. Star Wars. Um, I know they just sh- released an image call. of what the Batmobile is going to look like, but really, there's not. It doesn't seem like there's any geek news out there. Let's see here. Well, uh, if you like Will Ferrell and you like charities, uh, he's doing a charity for uh, kids with uh, that are battling cancer. Uh, see here. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. He's doing a funding goal for uh, three hundred seventy-five thousand. All proceeds are going to be going to charity. Everybody who donates will be campaign uh, donates to the campaign will be entered into a drawing with a grand prize being an all expenses paid trip for two to San Francisco on October 26th to play games with Will Ferrell on Twitch live stream. That's <laughs> this awesome. will be one of the time <laughs> live stream they'll be uh, not rebroadcasted. Wow. So uh, yeah, if you want to play games with Will Ferrell. And there's something in here with, like, looks like uh, Will Ferrell Max Blast uh, sunscreen. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really should have read, like, all of this uh, yeah. thing before. Well, but... Anyways, so that, that brings up something I remember from Comic-Con. Yeah, so we had a, a Joe cry moment at FantasyCon. Yes. So during the press conference, you know, before the brace, the, the, well, I'm going to admit, I... Cried okay. at the press conference. I, I, I'm saying this flat out. So they had the Make-A-Wish Foundation there. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of these little kids that are, you know, they're suffering from terminal illness, illnesses and stuff like that. They're dressed up in their superhero outfits. You know, you had people that was on stage. They came out through the TARDIS, and they announced who they are. And these kids were up there seeing all these actors and actresses. And suddenly, out of nowhere, Manu Bennett comes up on the stage, grabs a microphone, and he has this little girl in his arm. She's all dressed up, and he's like, this little girl, Lily, just came up to me and handed me her card. 
and it's about the Lilly Foundation, which is you know how people the people can donate to that to help the family out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, and that takes a lot of guts for a little kid, especially with big people like this. And so he gets up there and he turns around and you know he he looks at the dad. And he's like, you know, brother, come here. And he has a dad come over and he's like, you know, I, I'm really touched. He's like, I'm going to give the first thousand dollars I make at this con and give it to your foundation. You know, and I know a lot of people are kind of griping at a oh, thousand bucks. You know, he could give more, but that's a big deal. Yeah. I don't care who who you talk to. A thousand dollars is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he turned around and challenged the rest of the actors and actresses up on the stage to do the same thing. Oh, right. whether that was done or not, I don't know. I you know, I'm sure there'll be a write up soon, but. Just the way you know he—I mean, he was—he was pretty emotional, and it was just so touching that he would do this, you know, because he didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he did not have to do that, and you know, and he made sure the dad came up here and point blank told him, and then challenged everyone else. I mean, it was just amazing. So, very nice. Really cool. And we got it on video, mm-hmm. so we'll be posting that, folks, and then you can weep with us in silence in your own room. <laughs> So I came across something really awesome. At least yes. I think it's really awesome yesterday. Dead grandfather. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, fell, oh, I you. went back and killed my grandpa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to start punching people. <laughs> okay. So um, I love Firefly. Mm-hmm. A lot of us do. And um, Loot Crate. I also like Loot Crate, though I haven't had the opportunity to participate in such a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this month's package is supposed to be themes with Firefly stuff, and Star Wars stuff, wow. Star Trek, like just a bunch of like intergalactic and stuff. Dead grandpas. Okay. <laughs> and dead grandpas. That's going to be a while. We're going to have to oh do that gosh. over and over. <laughs> and so in uh, lieu of that, Loot Crate got together with some other people and created a Firefly fl- fan film. Mm-hmm. And I watched it yesterday. It is fantastic. It was literally like watching... Firefly from a from a different ship from okay. a different point of view. It was so. I mean, there are so many things that they did just perfectly. Mm-hmm. So if you miss Firefly, go watch As it. As we all do. Just a few minutes, and I'm posting up uh, posting it up on our Facebook page right now. So okay. You can go check it out. It's fantastic. I'm probably going to watch it over and over again. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I hope they make more, but yeah, something kind of cool. And the animator suddenly died of a heart attack. Yeah. And the black beast well, was no more. For, uh, yes. It's like a five-minute film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right. So and the grandchild long. cackles. Oh, yeah. come on. That was one thing that was okay. super funny on Alan Tudyk's uh, a panel. Someone yelled out, "You're a leaf on the wind," and he's like, "Oh no, if you realize yeah. this, but a leaf on the wind is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally cut off from its life source." Yep. <laughs> Way worse than it sounds. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, Any other? Yep. I'm not uh, finding here. anything really um, cool. U.S. Electronics retailer Radio Shack is about to file for bankruptcy. Doesn't surprise me because they don't even look cool anymore. Well, they uh, they currently operate uh, about 4,500 stores across the United States, but um, after shuttering almost a thousand stores earlier, or well, they almost had to shutter a thousand stores earlier this year, but that was blocked. Uh, Radio Shack is. Pretty much in dire straits. Um, 
But they just did that whole new rebranding thing, and they're supposed yeah, to be the cooler thing. Have you ever gone Radio into a Radio Shack? Shack? Yeah, Radio Shack long, is long nothing like it used to be. You used well, yeah. to be able to walk into a Radio Shack and build whatever the heck your heart desired. If you wanted a sonic screwdriver, you, you could build, build a sonic it. screwdriver. Now it's pretty much like walking into like a, a Walmart electronics section. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll it be is. Sold on yeah. cell phones more With than you would service. actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they reported uh, about a $137 million loss for the second quarter of 2014. Investors don't like that. Yeah. So they're, um, if they do not reach a short-term decision or find some outside investors soon, they're going to file for Chapter 11. Um, let's see here. Um, so while the company only has about $30.5 million in cash, which for a, radio, for a corporation is wow. bad. That is not good. That doesn't cover Um, payroll. Yep. That's not even going to cover them. Um, They still have about $150 million under credit, but that's not enough. So look for a whole bunch of empty slots in your local strip malls sometime soon. So I am... That, that's a, that, yeah. So I'm actually surprised about Revan not being able to find any eating spoons. I just barely found this, and uh, it looks like uh, they are in uh, talks of making a... Uh, Teen Titans live-action TV show for TNT. Uh, it's going to be centered around Dick Grayson transitioning his life from Batman's role as uh, Robin to a new group uh, identity and uh, as Nightwing. Uh, and he's going to be leading the team, including Raven, uh, the alien princess Starfire, and many others. Sounds cool. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, near, they're, uh, they're, it's nearing pilot order for TNT. So cool. Well, you might be seeing live-action Teen Titans, although... It's so much more entertaining on the inter- uh, as, as a cartoon. There's a lot of things you can get away with on a cartoon. However, DC yeah. does have a strong track record on oh, television. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially so. when it comes to like the 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 teeny shows like Arrow and Smallville. Well, Arrow is not a teen show. Well, it's no, still it's still a teeny show it's where targeted. It's, it's targeted towards the teenage demographic. No, that one's more. Those those are the, that's an adult show. Okay. Yeah, that one. Gotham Goes, coming out, right? Yeah, Gotham, oh, yeah. Gotham coming out. Yeah, the, Smallville, yeah, the, was like, more of the team. Like, you know, the way you kind of see the, the, the demograph kind of goes is Marvel's got the foothold, a huge foothold on the, uh, on the movie scene. Yeah, don't even oh, yeah. think about yeah, it. Yeah, don't even try to break into anything movie-wise because it's just kind of like this, you know, they're... You know, WB trying to do uh, the Justice League movie where it's just like, they already did Avengers, what are you going to do now? So, you know, don't do that. The one thing that... Warner Brothers has and that uh, DC has that has not been able to really solidify completely for Marvel is they have television. Mm-hmm. You cannot find a station that does not ha- play something that's WB that, that's DC relate that's not DC related. I mean, you've got you know Teen Titans Go, you've got Young Justice, you've got the Justice League animated series, you've mm-hmm. got Arrow, you've got Smallville that kind of started this whole thing off. I mean, there's a lot of lot of good TV shows out there that's based through the DC universe, which I honestly think that you know, for what uh, Warner Brothers is getting there, they're getting their money's worth and then some when it comes to the TVs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now they got to well, strengthen that brand, though. I, w- I would have to say, you know, they if they could channel the focus and the energy and what they do and 
their animated ser- t- uh, DVD series, mm-hmm. in their cartoon series, or their even their TV shows, they could make a brilliant and amazing movie. Yeah, the problem is though is getting the rest of the but they can't pieces they, to fit yeah, together. Yeah, they just don't seem to be able to make those pieces fit. Well, yeah, yeah. well, because you got to think Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers always wants something. Yeah, DC um, Films always wants something, and that can change all the time depending on who's running DC at the time. Yeah, and then depending on who they have directing, let's because I mean let's be real here, it's most likely Christopher Nolan's going to be involved somehow, which is not a bad thing. However, but with um, with his uh, production company, uh, SimCopies, they want something, too. Yeah. And getting those three big powerhouses to not butt heads is a tall order. Yeah. No, I understand. They do, yeah, their, their, their business model, their structure of all three companies does not really No, it, it doesn't, but... A cohesive idea to come through. They have the possibility. There, there is a possibility. Because if possibility. they can get those pieces to yeah. work together, you got something. I'll give them that. So I posted earlier on Facebook uh, this week, The uh, they released an image, Marvel released an image of the new Thor. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you guys see that? Yeah, I did. And so apparently she's so powerful that picking up the hammer of Thor, it rewrites its own creed from he to she. It actually changes itself. So that's kind of cool. I mean, the image yeah. is like... It's really enticing. Mm-hmm. Makes me excited because I first heard about it, I was like, "What?" It's not the first a time it's happened. Thor? Yeah, female Thor but happened back in two thousand two. Yeah, but anyway, it's but. happened before that. It's it's the difference is, is how are they going to come come at this one? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the last time it was Thor. You know, did something that Odin didn't like, so he gave right. the he gave the hammer to another Asgardian female. Thor did something to I know. piss off Odin. <laughs> I know. Never. I know. No. So, you know, it's just like the whole, you know, the whole thing that they're doing with Captain America. Yeah. It's just an attention grabber. It's the and everything will reset. It's there's, just maybe. it's just something that Marvel's doing no, to try to hype up th- sales. There's just there's no sure thing about it. They you know it's just like you know they killed off Captain America. How mm-hmm. long did that last? Yeah. You know they've killed yeah. off Peter Parker. Well, Peter Parker's back now. Yeah. As Spider-Man, you know it's it's something they do. It's a it's a storyline, and then they correct itself because honestly, you can't see another person as that character. Yes, we can see it temporarily, but, a, but a, ultimately a, a permanent change. Yeah, no yeah. permanent change. I mean, sure. you know, it's like the the other Spider-Man that they came out with. They had to do it in an alternate reality, and that's the only way it's surviving. But we still have Peter Parker floating around mm-hmm. over here, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the the whole thing that they're doing with the uh, with with DC. The whole universe shifted. You know, that's going to run a while, and then they're going to do it again. Yeah, you know, not. it's what we see but all the time. Well, as, as with all comic books, it is really it's a matter of trying to write the ship again. Yeah, and it's a constant. Not there's no way to really get the ship to stay mm-hmm. in a straight line. Yeah, it's a constant course correction. You know, it's like we had the Adam. You know, she was a female. We were like, okay, we're cha- you know, with the new DC changes, she's a female. All right, go. You know, it's always been a guy. Mm-hmm. Well, then you come to find out she's actually a traitor. Blah 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 blah. She's gone. The the guy Adam comes back. I mean, it, yeah, okay. stuff like yeah, that. This is this is bringing, and it's normal. This is bringing up a common uh, complaint that I've had with uh, with comic books. Is their continuous hard nose hard nose connection to continuity, 
where they're trying to connect story to story to story to story, where the, it's kind of proven that it it doesn't really work because, yeah, they'll they'll do something where Peter Parker marries Mary Jane, but then they have to spend the next 18-some-odd years to try to correct that, where they can just go, you know what? This story's over. Let's give it an ending, and let's start over with a new uh, Spider-Man that has absolutely nothing to do with this particular continuity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. So then, to I guess to get a little more um, a little more insight in that, do you feel that um, I guess sort of uh, that that sort of display of power is um, a good thing for the character, or is that just a short-term ploy? I don't know. I kind of I I would like it to be a good thing and mm-hmm. like a continuing thing. Like I like Thor the way that he de- he is, but it would be awesome to have a female Thor. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the same time, there's a lot of really awesome female. Uh, I mean, who knows? Yeah. We may. I would love to see it, them, she may so. stick around. I mean, uh, yeah. Billy B- uh, Beta oh, Beta Ray Bill Beta Ray Bill. He came in as a temporary thing, took over Thor's hammer. And he became a permanent character. Yeah. So you know, it, if this character gets this character gets popular enough, we may see her as a permanent like, yeah, character. Permanent chef. I mean, we've seen you know, Green Lantern. We've seen the same thing with John Stewart and Guy Gardner. They've become permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, John Stewart from the Dating Show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, That'd be Superboy. A great superpower. You know, Superboy was just a kind of a ploy that would show up every now and then and you know he's been in Teen Titans he's been in other things so who knows we it, if the character is popular enough you know we need more female we really do strong I characters like really I mean, wanting a feature film with some epic so female. it would be nice yeah. to see that cuz i mean look at the avengers lineup literally you got black widow in there just because they needed a female yeah and well, she was always sort of a second fiddle avenger she well she is her and she hawkeye is. have always been kind of the second fiddle because uh, you got you know you got Thor's his superpower, Iron Man in his suit, Captain America, which yeah, yeah it's Captain America, and then Hulk. I mean, how do you guy, compete with that? Guy shoots a bow and girl beats people she up. Has super she knows kung fu. Yeah, she knows kung fu. Oh, does she ever? So um, <laughs> so I mean, it would really be nice to see a powerful. I mean, you have Wonder Woman, but even Wonder Woman is so She's playing a side character in Batman. Yeah, well, well, no, Wonder Woman is a well, side her, character. Well, yeah. well, her character. I mean, she has her, her own story. Yeah, but but her character and personality do not mesh with don't young girls or anything like that. It, she. Yeah. she she is one character that she's probably one of the toughest characters to write a story for, for people to be entertained because, you know, she's raised on a, an island, nothing but females. She's created from clay and has the breath of life given into her because, you know, the queen wants a daughter. Yeah. And she's indoctrinated that men are evil pigs yeah. that must be killed. Yeah. And then a guy crash lands and she's like, hmm. I must become an ambassador now and go see the world and but her her you know she doesn't how she sees how things should be done is you you know kill it ask questions later which mixes very poorly with Superman's morals and Batman's even though yeah. Batman beats the crap out of someone he won't kill someone sure Wonder Woman has no problems with that I mean we've seen time and time again where they've they've butted heads where you know she's like we should kill him you know Max Lord, she snapped his neck on national television. <laughs> that was awesome. And she, you know, 
she had all rights because without doing so, he was controlling Superman. Yeah. You know, and of course, if you can control Superman, you're unstoppable. Yeah, at that you point. own God. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it was the right thing to do, but. People don't like that in their heroes. They don't like seeing their hero. Well, you know, in those look, heroes. Look, look, well, look at Man of Steel. Everyone has got so upset with the ending. Why? Because you see Superman snap Zod's neck. You know, yeah. we have, everyone has this ideal vision of heroes cannot cross that moral line. Well, those but, heroes. But yet the Punisher can just rack up body count after body count. That's what the, the Punisher does. That's what the Punisher does. Yeah. That's what Wolverine does. That's but, what, uh, yeah. but people can accept that because that's how that character has always been. You know who I would really love to see the storyline for? I mean, I, like in a feature film, is uh, Mystique and Rogue and that whole... You'll never story. see that storyline. Their that. their that background cool story. story though. It was the awesome. Because yeah, the problem Mystique is, is Mystique is Rogue's like a... mother, correct? Right. No, yeah. Only in the animated cartoon. Yeah. Well, hey, that's the only thing that counts. No, in the actual comic book line, they have nothing no, connected. No Other, yeah. But it would uh, that make like a good television it. series almost to yeah. so see that sort of um, that this, relationship. This play year out? on the CW, <laughs> Rogue and Mystique. You know, I know they couldn't. I know they couldn't do it because, sadly, Heath Ledger uh, died, but I was really wanting to see a birth of Harley Quinn in the Batman movies. Mm. And I still think they could try to do something. The Batman series was supposed to go more than three, three movies. Yeah. And it was, there were was supposed to be several movies with Heath Ledger as the Joker leading up yeah. to the end. But with him dying, yeah. it's like all the wind in Christopher Nolan's sails just went... Oh, well, well, you know, well, let's you just finish that. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, really. Performance. Yeah, because you at the very end, you know, he you see the Joker tied up, and there were supposed to be several other things, and who, we may have seen that, but unfortunately, because that that was like of all the Batman characters, all the the, the heroes, villains, uh, like story uh, arcs, his hers is my favorite. Well, one because she was rot simply because of um, this show's kind of becoming a bit of a sausage fest. Maybe we should make one of the Joker's henchmen a check that well. You may like you may them. see her, and then then this the way that it's branched out to the point that you know I love that she used to be a doctor mm-hmm. and she ended and up the Joker getting corrupted. Yeah, her. the Joker just basically just twisted the tables on her. Instead of her making him better, he made her worse. No, well, no, he made her better in his eyes. In his well, eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we may see that. I mean, sort of. Um, there is talks because they did have uh, the Suicide Squad. Uh, on one of the episodes of the Arrow, there may be a spinoff of the Suicide Squad coming, and yeah, I don't think they'll be able to call it Suicide Squad though. Oh no, they are. Television series. They they are. I think that'll probably change though. No, television. I don't think it will. The S Squad, because that's what they're they're called. And well, I know that's what they're called, but I mean, just saying for to adapt it to television though, they're gonna have to. We'll I see. see I don't I, think I so. I see that being the only big hurdle. I think which they is could, not that big yeah, of a hurdle. I think but, they could probably get away with it, but. You know, on that episode, you don't see Harley, but you see the silhouette, and she had the voice down and the, ju- the, the giggles and the way she moved her head, and she's part of the lineup, so we could see Harley. That would be awesome. I love how I the mean, discussion awesome. of, uh, of Thor of turned female into, Thor just turned <laughs> well, no, into talk about I actually, she is one of those characters books. that didn't exist in comic books. Yeah. They put her in the animated series, and she was such a huge hit that they had to. 
and it's because a lot of people love that character. Yeah, she has a very she has a very strong personality. One of the only people can relate to her. The the uh, the the book series where it was Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy kind of basically taking care of uh, Gotham while Batman was away doing something. That was like one of the only books where I was actually somewhat marginally tempted to actually go out and buy. Yeah. Now, that is saying a lot, since I am probably the least comic book geeky person in the gr- in this, in this, uh, at this table, and the fact that I was actually somewhat marginally tempted to buy it, like, really should, you know, speak testament. I mean, the, I've, I can count the uh, books I've read on maybe one hand. I've got um, V for Vendetta, and I still haven't finished it, The Avengers, and uh, The Killing Joke. Awesome. So, so you're going to read Those anyone. are the three books. You're going to read any one. They're all Ellen Moore, which should probably say something about my psyche. <laughs> I'm going to jump in here real quick. So everyone go out, check Kickstarter out, and look up Gang Green Games and pick up, you know, contribute to this Kickstarter I for Shoot Your Friends. It's so uh, We were running the game at, uh, at Comic-Con on our mm-hmm. table. Uh, unfortunately, Craig did not have enough space. We volunteered. It was tons of fun. It's a great game. Uh, it's much like uh, Cash and Guns, but a little bit different. I, I won't really say it, it. It doesn't really share the same, like... No. It, it, the only thing it really okay, shares you're right. is you're pointing a gun at your friends and... and I'm shooting. That's really it. You're, you're, yeah, you're pointing yeah. your, a gun at your friends. Because Cash and Guns doesn't... No, no, it's just a right. foam gun and you're correct. saying bonsai. Yeah. And that's it. This mm-hmm. one is... It's more of like speed meat... <laughs> speed... With a gun. Yeah, speed, yeah. W- speed with a gun. It, it is a fake gun, so you don't have to worry. It's not a real one. I still think <laughs> they should have, like... I still think that one of their, uh, one of their like, step-up uh, uh, contributes is airsoft pistol. Airsoft, I know. <laughs> so I you actually cause some sort of stinging pain. And a step above that, paintball gun. Yeah, I could see some lawsuits if you shoot someone in the face. Airsoft can be a little well, more Well, that's why you put a, a caveat... Yeah. You, put a, uh, you put a warning well, caveat in the thing. Airsoft Do not before. shoot yeah. your friends in the face. Yeah. You know, aim for the facial area, or you know, provide like cool glasses or like a mask mm. that, that, like, like a face mask. <laughs> nice. So you could actually have because they're they're little they're thing. They, yeah. You know, they've got a guy Always dressed up like a zombie. You could have a zombie mask. Yep. Or a zombie that would be helmet. Cool. <laughs> or you know, you've got a cowboy. You got a cowboy, and you got a nun. You got a nun helmet. Yep. So yeah. go out, look you up Game Green League. Games, and check out Shoot Your Friends. Great go uh, contribute to this great <laughs> Kickstarter and support a you know at least. One of our friends, I uh, one of a local company. I don't, so know, about, already I don't know about any of these cheapskates. I already have my copy. So, uh, oh, so yeah. speaking of games, the uh, final <laughs> half hour of the show will be brought to you by Epic Puzzles and Games, yes. located in West Valley City, Utah, also in <laughs> Lehigh, Utah. Um, if you liked hearing about uh, Shoot Your Friends or any of the other games that we talked about, just come down to West Valley. It's, uh, where are we at, about 3,300 3, South? 3,500 South and uh, thirty nine really eighty West. west. Let's put it this way. It's very just, simple. Just, just west go, of Bangor Highway. Just go down 3,500 South. Just keep going. Just past Bangor Highway. It's on your right. If they don't have what you've you gone want, too far, order in go another mile. Add a discount. Add a discount for the inconvenience. <laughs> epic Puzzles and Games. How was your night? Mine was epic. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do Gamer Forge. Or do you have one more thing? Uh, Well, two last things. One, uh, well, a couple things, actually, real fast. How fast so, um... So Tuesday was finally the release of Destiny on uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And the and everyone's TV. life is being sucked away. Yeah, it kind of is. I'm not going to lie. I'm so jealous. kind of is. It'll be sucked away for about a couple weeks. Um, tonight, uh, 
Tonight, September 11th, will be the WWE NXT pay-per-view takeover, which I'm really, really, really excited for. I'm kind of sad that I'm not there right now watching it, but that's okay because I have WWE Network. I can just watch it anytime I want. Right there. Oh, man. Those, uh, God, those main events sound freaking awesome. And tonight will be the debut of Kenta from Japan, which makes me also go, <laughs> I keep yelling his name, hoping that he'll hear me from here. <laughs> Oh, man, Kenta makes me so giddy. No, I just want to put out there, if I have any adoring fans that feel like they want to buy me a PS4 and Destiny <laughs> and then mail it to my house. I, I have it sitting in my Amazon card. Wow. I'm just, Are you seriously asking our listeners yeah. to send you a PS4? But you have to send me my PS4 first no, no, because no, I've been here longer. No. Oh, wow. I'm Ooh. a shooter. Oh, I'm 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 all, I'm yeah, all about gender. Just, I'm all about gender equality, though. <laughs> so wow, and, and I would I would say that longevity holds more uh, holds more merit than gender. Oh, I wasn't, saying, I wasn't saying you're a male. I was saying that I was cuter. Well, that you is true. Be, you that could is be true. Cuter as a male, but <laughs> nice save. <laughs> I'm just uh, thankful I have a really, really comfortable couch. Oh, yeah. and uh, if I do end up clicking order out the Amazon cart, I'll still have a place to sleep for a while. And, so. and uh, uh, for that last comment, it's Flagoon at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. <laughs> and then uh, finally, the bad news. Um, uh, actor Richard Keel, most famous for playing the Bond villain Jaws, died on Wednesday of... Uh, Unre- well, unrevealed causes at the moment, most likely natural causes. That's true. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Which is kind of lame. I was kind of hoping we'd see another Bond reunion, but... Uh, although, okay. Well, not entirely, because he, uh, he actually did appear with uh, Sir Roger Moore um, on the BBC Radio 4 actually just last Sunday. Yeah. They were on a radio program. And, and I have I have one last little thing uh, in in part of that. Er, You're eating away uh, our game report time. Sorry, but I have one last thing. So uh, we're talking about stuff. we talked earlier about them uh, unearthing the uh, the travesty that was ET the game for the yes. for Atari in 1986. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've actually uh, they're actually going forward with their plan and is going to be they're going to be selling 500 copies of uh, that game to you off of eBay for uh, some. For what a penny? Uh, I don't know. That might even be too much. I don't. It it would just be kind of cool to own a piece of history. To All you say, have to do is yeah, pay for a, shipping and handling. <laughs> <laughs> you're only, you're only we will give you five dollars. <laughs> I think now, given its its history, it's fork, fork, and lord, it's, lord, uh, fork. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even say that word for some reason. Well, it, it, it's there, it's, it's status. It's status. It's, it's, people are going to pay fifty bucks. And the fact that there's only five hundred actual sellable copies of this is going to make it somewhat of a collector's item. Oh yeah. It is a piece of gaming history, as horrible as it is. It is still something that people are going to want to know, hold on to, and they should hold on to it because, I mean, what else are we going to remember? Yeah, if true. we don't hold on to these, the things. story about the cement can, block that it was buried away in. Well, you know <laughs> what? It's just, this is this is something that you know we should you know everybody should buy one or you know we should do somebody should buy this, send it to send a copy to EA, and just say never think forget. yeah never forget, <laughs> yeah. or send it to some <laughs> gaming company that's been creating crap after crap, and the only thing they can think of was. Not going to say EA, but you know, send it to EA, send it to Ubisoft, send Activision. it to Activision, send it. Well, I've got to go. Uh, All right, you got a phone call. So uh, huh? I was going to say okay, I, I wanted to buy a copy and put it on a on a chain with a spinner well, and stuff right well, now. Well, I got. Cool. 
That, uh, yeah, that... Oh, wow. Something's really going on. Something's happened. Anyways, oh, we're going to move forward. Okay, I have we'll find one more out. thing. Yes, hurry. One more thing. Really okay. quick. Okay, so if anyone uh, plays League of Legends, mm-hmm. the uh, new a upgrade expansion came out this week. It's called The Ascended, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. It adds a new map mm-hmm. and a new PvP playing style. Super fun. If you haven't ever played League of Legends, check it out. It's a free-to-play game. You don't need to pay anything to play it. And okay. Uh, yeah. As every game should be. Not every, yeah. not every game. If you're playing it online, you're already paying the monthly subscription by having your internet on. <laughs> <laughs> if only it were that easy. True. Yeah. Anyway, if only okay. Comcast would actually and then send Comcast some money to not the continue game. to throttle your internet connection. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, all right, let's go. Gamer Forge. Let's talk about some Gamer Forge. Since we only have 20 minutes need, left, we need we have 20 minutes left. Suck our life away. And we can talk about. The things that make us happy. That is games. Sure. So, for many of you out there, you've noticed a new book on the shelf. Yeah. It has a picture of a giant cloud giant on there. No, it's a fire giant. He's fire giant, excuse me. No one can fire read. giant attacking a wizard. Yes, that's right. Uh, fifth edition of D&D has been released. Uh, the Monster Manual is coming out later this month. I have to say this. The monsters in 5th edition are so much more scary, it is ridiculous. Yes. Even the Tarasque, which is, or Tarask, however you want to pronounce it, is one of the... Everyone has been afraid of this creature. It's even worse now. If this thing successfully bites you, it automatically swallows you. And you take... you, uh, You take 40d6 points of acid damage. Per round. So uh, four, no, four, me. four zero D6? Yes. Yes. Okay. And the only way to escape is to do over 60 points of damage in one attack, and then it vomits you up. Oh, you can't okay. get out of its belly. So mm-hmm. not only this, it has severe damage reduction. It has magic reduction. And when you cast a spell at this creature, you must roll a D6. If it is a one through five the attack happens. If it is a six, the spell rebounds off of it, hits you automatically with no save throws. <laughs> you are toast. That sounds fun. <laughs> the other creatures are just as bad. Hobgoblins. If you are fighting hobgoblins and there is another hobgoblin within five feet of it, they automatically get yeah. double damage. Yeah. I've encountered a similar thing. So I've been running the uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen module yeah. for my players. And one of the first things that they throw at you is... Um, not troglodytes. Um, kobolds? Kobolds. Yeah. And they automatically gain advantage on all attacks when they fight side by side. Yes, so, I know. And they're throwing six at a time. I know. So six kobolds all have advantage. Is it not crazy? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I love it because now the game is dangerous. You have a reason to fear kobolds and goblins and hobgoblins at any level. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even if you are level 15 and you get a swarm of 15 kobolds, you are wetting your pants. I'm sorry. Because (laughs) there is actually a tactical reason for them to get get advantage. Sure. They fight like a pack. They do. I, I, I like what they've done, um, and I do like the advantage and the disadvantage. It comes into yeah, play a, a lot better. It's a simple solution I do like to the, a lot of the problems it, of the previous edition. I do yeah. like the proficiency. 
where mm-hmm. you know where that's not only adding into your attack, it's also adding into your skills. It makes the skill system a lot seamlessly. The whole ranks things and like that mm-hmm. gone. Gone. It's so much better. I like the fact yeah, that there are. I can't believe how many times I've had to re explain oh, yeah. how that works to my players because they were so used to. The ranks? Yeah, to, to doing skill ranks or trained skills yeah. and stuff like that. And so, like, so do I add my proficiency to my saving throws? I'm like, yes. And then you also add it to your skills. To your, and <laughs> your, your attack. Skills and all the, you know, all yeah. that stuff that I say you're trained in, you mm-hmm. also, that proficiency yeah. bonus applies to all of it. Well, and the, also the thing I like about this is you can still do the other skills untrained. You just don't get that proficiency sure. bonus. Yeah. You just add your modifier. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much easier. It's the same with your save throw. You have a save throw for every ability stat. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, give me a strength save or, or a, will, you know, a yeah. wisdom save or whatever. And if you're proficient in it, you get a, a higher bonus. Yeah. If you're not, it depends on your modifier. Mm-hmm. It's it's really nice. It works really well. But yeah, very elegant solutions to oh, yeah. a lot of problems that have been plaguing just about every no, per, I'll say every iteration. You know, character creation flat. is really really simple. Works really well. I'm rolling up a bard as soon as we get done with this. You know, yeah, the, I got the, the background stuff, stuff works great. Uh, you know, I sit down with Drew and my boy and his friend, and we kicked out, you know, three characters really quickly. Yep. And then, mm-hmm. and, you know, and because they haven't played, we, we ran a little sample adventure. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my, my boy's friend, I am amazed that he wants to play again this, I this Saturday. I still think you were cheating. <laughs> I was, Drew watched me open the package that came out yeah. of the starter yeah. set. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Every time this so, you know what else I've seen? I've seen magicians <laughs> take a sealed pack of cards, <laughs> open it up, and there's your card that you signed. So, I didn't. I didn't uh-huh, roll. Yeah. I didn't roll any crits on anyone other yep. than this poor uh-huh. kid. Oh man! So we're we're pl- we're running the sample event. And I'm just kind of so they can play, and I'm, so it's my boy and his friend. And I'm like, you're walking down. I want you to make a check. So they make a check. I'm like, you know, you can hear some goblins up ahead. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're in an encampment. And what are you going to do? And so my boy's like, try to sneak. So he makes a sneak check. And the other, his friend, is like, I'm going to charge in as loud as I possibly can. <laughs> so so what happens? I finally roll an 18. Awesome. So I'm like, okay, you charge in. Well, you were noisy. They knew you were coming, so they have advantage. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to at least get a decent roll. First roll, uh, so I roll 20. I'm like, okay, well, he's got a, he's, it's a D6. You're, you, you've got seven hit points. We're okay. I roll a six. Mm-hmm. Instant max damage. He's dead. So, <laughs> my boy finishes out the fight. Ouch. Barely. You know, he gets pretty much knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. Barely living. I bring him back because Drew's still finishing up his character. We come into the next thing. And he's, so, they come into this clearing. He's like, okay, I'm, 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 he's like, Oh, what was it he was going to do? Uh, he, he, he went charging. He, start, he, he was hiding, and he's like, I'm going to charge across the battlefield, because yeah. he's in the trees, hidden, and scream my battle cry. Yeah. Because these, these uh, goblins are on the other side of the river. Didn't even care about them. And so I'm like, all right, well, the goblin sees you and fires his arrow. 20. Ah. <laughs> Roll it. Six. 
<laughs> like, you get shot through the neck with an arrow, you're dead. <laughs> no, you know, one thing he could have probably tried to do is, like, he, you know, try to see if he'd intimidate him doing, his, uh, doing their... Well, the, their, other, the their... other goblins were on the other side. Okay. So they were, kinda, they were guarding a cave. I, it just, yeah, he could have still simply, you know, by you know, yeah. you know, running out and screaming, he could have like, you know, in, in the confusion, they could have considered it was a uh, intimidation check. Yeah, uh, and, I know. And see if see if they, you know, would just be like, holy crap, this guy is going to be going after me and kill us. And but well, uh, he, he he was running. He was running a different direction. If he was them, like yeah. coming from really, really, really far away, then I can understand. Yeah. No, he wasn't near them. He was running. So the goblins were here, and he was running away from the goblins. Oops. He was running away from the goblins towards someone else. So it was just hilarious because he was the only person I kept rolling crits on, and it was always the first attack. Poor kid, but he wants to play. Um, And then Drew came in, and Drew's like, you know, and they're like, heal me, heal me. He's like, you guys are stupid. I'm not healing you. (laughs) And he sat down and would eat his his stew. Yep. That's awesome. But uh, even, even Drew got killed. I mean, we got to a point where it, an ogre. So the kid got brought back to life, and he's like, I'm going to hit the ogre. And the, oh, I roll for the ogre. Exactly. Critical hit. I'm like, Javelin gets thrown across the river, hits you in the chest, impels you on a tree, and you are your dead limp body is hanging there next to Drew as he's getting his stew. And Drew's like... <laughs> Well, I guess I'd better do something now. <laughs> yeah, I, I decided because while they were making characters, they both decided to, to create fighters, and then Revan started running them through just a couple of goblin scenarios and crit 20, yep. nat 20. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll make a, a cleric. <laughs> and, uh, and so they have uh, the war priest uh, mm-hmm. option for the cleric is yeah. insanely wicked. And so... Uh, I kind of built that up really quick, and um, uh, I did a, a dragon, a dragonborn war priest cleric. And uh, so when it was me and the ogre, I got a breath attack, and then there was a cantrip that I was able to cast that did some decent damage a couple of times to it before we engaged in hand to hand. And then I got a couple attacks, and I did 30, 40 points of damage. Before it swung, mm-hmm. and then it absolutely splattered me yeah, with one hit. An ogre is just—they're yeah, they're deadly, mean. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, I was up to like forty-five, forty-seven hit points and I it, did on this thing. Yeah, and you're like, this thing's got to be dead. And well, like, the no, ab- he's got like fifty hit points. Well, so. no, on the ogre, I think the average is seventy-eight. Yeah, jeez, it was, it was insane. Uh, and and, that, and that's the average stat. That's not yeah. including what you could actually possibly yeah. roll. Um. Like I said, the monsters have had a severe upgrade. Dragons are vicious, yeah, which, and they have all the dragons. Which it, which it promotes, though. I think that that promotes a sense of not only of um, caution, mm-hmm. I guess. No, it does. Just because you, I mean, you do have to think much more. Well, the thing, This is the thing I love for all those metagamers almost. that have sat down and run through all these other games. They're going to sit down for the first time, and they're going to go in after those. Those cobalts, and they're oh, going, oh, I got goblin. this. They're that's a D4, yeah. and they're, they're going to get wiped. Yep. They're going to get their butts handed to them, and then yep, they're going to go, that. oh, my. Um, if the cobalts are doing this to me, mm-hmm. what's a, an ogre yeah. going to do? Or what's yeah. a well, my, giant going to do? Yeah, or, well, my players like are still in like the state of disbelief. They yeah. seriously, they're like, 
no, we can't be getting wiped out by by cobalt. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you, just did. you totally can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You absolutely yep. can. I've I've just about finished my first character for the campaign, mm-hmm. and then I'll immediately start making a second and a third character. <laughs> well, well, this is what I really like. They're just going to be on deck, man. I'll this, just cycle through three of them. I mean, this is what I really like is the fact that you know you've gone and you've read these these Dritz novels, and you have the drow where they send in their cobalt fodder. Now. The kobolds, you can see why drow use them as kobold fodder. Mm-hmm. Because when they team up in that pack, they are vicious and mean. Mm-hmm. Before, it's just like, eh, they're kobolds. Boop, they're dead. Boop, they're dead. You know, it's like you could sneeze at them and they'd die. Now, uh, they're so much, much more vicious. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm excited to run a game, um, which is going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to start playing again. Well, it, not only that, it actually brings fun back into it. They've done a great job. If you haven't tried playing, you, I, I, I've been scouring, looking for people complaining, and I haven't found a single person complaining yet, which I'm sure there's people out there. Yeah, that, it'll take some time. I it's going to take some time. But really it says a lot because 4th edition came out, and it's like, it, it was just, a, it was like slap in the face. pure vomit of people uh, upset yeah. coming out of this. So we all know they did the beta test. We know they did a great job. So also, uh, check out our, our YouTube page. Uh, at Facebook and everything, because you're going to be seeing a great interview that Joe did with uh, Jeremy Crawford, Jeremy Crawford, one of the the co uh, creators of Fifth Edition, and we're also going to be releasing the Mike Merle's uh, interview I know, both those were that, stellar. that we did. So you're going to be you're going to be getting double dose. Now the thing I like about both of these is Jeremy talks a lot about everything that happened behind the scenes and in the background, mm-hmm. while Mike focused on what you'll see in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So it's not like you're getting the same information twice. You're oh, yeah. getting some really good, valuable information from diff- two different per- sides of the coin. From basically the two people. Yeah, who the two guys know. that did this. They're the head. Like, you open the book and lead Their designers, names are there. Yeah. Mike Merles and Jeremy, Jeremy Crawford. Crawford. So uh, those will be out uh, this week. In fact, Mike Merles is up right now. Jeremy Crawford will probably be out tomorrow. Okay. Um, we also have our Bob, inter- uh, Bob Salvatore interview out there. Uh, he'll be coming back in October. Um we have Deep Love coming next week. We have <gasps> Tobias Bakel the <gasps> week after that. We have John Brown the <gasps> week after that. Then Bob. <gasps> uh, it's just we're just rolling towards the end of the year. As crazy as that sounds, um, we're down to the last few months. Yeah, I know already. That's so yeah. insane. But uh, you know, season for us. Sad news. Uh, just because we're wrapping things up. Um, you know, Colin yeah. and Ben have both resigned from DCR, <laughs> so you're not going to be hearing. Uh, the, the fat kid that tags along that has great ideas. Uh, he's He's gone elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then Colin ha- has resigned as well uh, as a personal choice to go on yeah. to, to do the things he does. And, you know, well, we wish both both of them the best. No. Uh, yeah. Still remain, the same. You know, we're still remaining friends and you know, all things like this. This happens. I mean, we, we've yeah, gone it's, through, it's, through it's, this, you know. Uh, Malik started the show with me. He was the original. Uh, he w- yeah, it was original. him and I, and then we had we had Bilfta come on for a while, and then he kind of rolled out, and then Joe rolled in, and then Malik rolled out, and then we added Flagoon. Bye. And then it, that was kind of the team for a while, you know. And then we had Firebird, which mm-hmm. we, she she's yeah, gone on to do on. other things, and we, we have Zakora on here. And then, uh, you know, I've talked with Drew, and Drew's going to be joining the gang as well. So they'll, they'll be uh, the five of us. He's going to be part of a posse now. Um, what up? Yeah, I mean, you know, Ben. I always wanted my own posse. Yeah. Ben, ben kind of left because you know, we focus a lot on gaming, and he didn't feel like that was his expertise, and he sure. didn't lend on things. And, you know, 
and unfortunately, you know, that's that is kind of our, our meat and potatoes of the oh, show. Oh yeah. You know, that's the one thing we have uh, over any of the other ga- the shows in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to keep that focus because you know we love it. We're going to continue pushing that, and I think we have a great team. One might even say it's our thing. It is our thing. Word. You know, and, and Drew has lots of experience gaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first time I met him, he was like, man, I'm looking for a gaming group. We need a game. It's taken over a year, yep. <laughs> but yeah. we have a game, and he's in it. I'm persistent. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of funny. Uh, it was just bad timing, but <laughs> things are happening, you know, and, uh, you know, we got Zakora here. She, she's voicing. I have not had to adjust her mic once, and no one has yeah. said speak up if you haven't noticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the only, the, except for now, yeah. you need to tilt your mic. The only person <laughs> I've been wanting to say speak up to has been Drew. Yeah. That's just because I haven't been talking much. True. Yeah. I actually Hi. feel like because we didn't mic check this, that you've had my mic off the whole time. No, it's been on. We actually me. did. I can hear yeah. you. It's been on. Yeah. I figured you'd tell me. Yeah. Every time you've yeah. been talking, it's, it's just been dead air. Yeah. So, we're going to move forward. Yeah. As we always do, you know, things, things change. We move forward. We make, you know, we make magic, and we we go on. I mean, it's just the truth. Um, yeah. we, we've got a lot of opportunities on the way, and uh, we'll have to talk about those yep. after the show is over. Big but news! We have some great, we have some great interviews coming up. Um, oh, that reminds me. Uh, we have an interview with Erin Evans coming up as well for her oh next book. Boy. Unfortunately, it's in the middle. We have to record it in the middle of the day on the 30th at noon. September. So I need you guys okay. to try to clear some schedules if you can. Huh. Um, Interesting. I have a fr- actually I have a friend who was asking about when we were going to be talking to Erin Evans. Yep. Well, now I can tell well, him. Now you can tell him. Well, here's exactly when we're doing it. Yes. So yeah. then we'll be broadcasting that one as well. Awesome. Um, so the yeah. So the John Brown one, we may be airing it then, or we may just air it as a separate sh- show, just okay. a special one on that. Okay. Um, just because her availability is better during the day. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so with that said, um, yeah. Well, when the show's over, uh, you can always go back and listen to any of the previous shows. Uh, you can find us on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google, what, Google Play, Google Play Blog Talk Yahoo, Radio, Blog Talk Radio, or just our website. And you can listen to any of our shows that we have previously recorded. You can listen to great interviews, and you can also listen to us drone on and on yes. and on about games. Like us on Facebook, on Twitter. Our Twitter account's really picking up some speed. Yay! Um, <laughs> You know, li- subscribe and like our uh, our YouTube channel. That's right. Because we're going to be start be putting stuff out. In fact, we interviewed Gigi Edgley. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a voice interview, and instead of putting it online to download, it's actually only on our YouTube channel. Cool. She's so sweet. Yeah, she was really really nice. Uh, we'll, again, we'll be putting out all of our interviews that we got from Gen Con and from Comic Con. I, I, I do anyone out there that has been you know there. Some of these companies have been emailing. Have you got those posted? And I've just been apologizing just because things have been, life has yeah. been crazy with the move and every, and then. It's understandable. You know, and then immediately hitting into a con. But I've got everything set up. We're, we're working through the videos. They're going to be flying up. You know, we're not going to go to the oh, two a day. I'm going to be throwing as many as I can get edited out a day. So you will be just swarmed with content. Yay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be crazy. So, with that said, uh, you know, tune in next week. Try download us, like us. Right. Please, 
please yeah, like us. Remember to email your Game Reports questions into info at DungeonCollegeRadio.com. You can yes. call us live during the show every Thursday night from 6 to 8 Mountain Standard Time at 626-226-1475. And we want people call to call us. And if you're going to actually ask a good question and not just drop the N-word. And, I, and I'm going to throw this out there because we may have Dan Wells live in person in October <laughs> on our show. He's actually back. I've already talked to Dan, and he wants on the show. He loves the show. Because we might have Dan on the show, Mm -hmm. we may have a special epic epic showdown that night, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a five for all. I will be refing, and everyone will have their own. Good luck on that one. Unfortunately, Dan always walks away victorious. So, this is a, I walked away with a very respectable second place last time. This will be this will be a very dirty showdown because it in, normally it's just two of you. It's going to be five. five. It's going to be a five on five action there. It's just going to be crazy. My, yeah. Cool. So I, I'll be building that in the next couple of days. So if anyone has any suggestions, email those suggestions in. Because we want them. <laughs> that will be awesome. Yes. And, and, and I'm sorry, it may not be even, and everyone, it's going to be drawn out of a hat. Oh, so, oh I see. So we don't even get to know beforehand. Yes. Awesome. Okay. I think, what are the I'm going to get Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's like, like what's going to happen. Knowing ahead uh, of time. True. Yeah. I, th- I, or not we're going to put everyone at a disadvantage this way. Okay. Because it could be that, like, you know, like Flagoon said, he may end up with Boba Fett, which he hates, and he has to argue how to make him. I don't hate him. He's just overrated. All right. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, you know, or you may end up with a Smurf, and you're fighting, you know, the genie from Aladdin. I don't know. We'll see. We're, we're going to, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> the Battle of the Blues. Ooh. That could be interesting. <laughs> so, uh. Mystique could be in there. A Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I could actually make that happen. All right, so uh, with that said, uh, check out our show next week uh, as we have Deep Love in here and we'll have more crazy annex and hopefully more of your Gamer Forges and check out our social media pages for those That's interviews. Right. So, Zakora, remind us, who, uh, what is our Twitter feed? Our Twitter yeah. is DCR underscore show. Yep. Facebook is just Dundercrawlers Radio. All right. I figured you're... <laughs> With so, the last minute, Joe, do you want to take us out? I want to take us out. Yes. So, in lieu of my usual uh, usual sign off, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And I miss you already, Junior. Aww. Well, with the shape that I'm in, I could donate my blood to science fiction. <laughs> I have no clue what that's from. <laughs> Back to know. school, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh. I have that movie. And I don't you, remember that. If line. you watch, I'm gonna do a triple Lindy. <laughs> there you go. And Oingo Boingo's on that. Great movie. All right. We'll catch you next week.